You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Welcome, Bethany Stewart. She's going to share a message with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. And I'm going to be reading from some notes just to help me keep myself a little bit organized. Is that okay? There's only a few of us, so if you have a problem with it, we can talk about it afterwards, you know? (laughs) We really could talk about it right now. Um, But as Bryant said, my name is Bethany Stewart, and I have been in... Um, I've been a covenant member of Circle of Hope for the last six years, since 2016, but I've been in the circle sphere. That's a phrase that I've made up, coin it, there you go, Um, because you do our communication, so you're the one who would want to do that if anybody ever wanted to. Um, But I've been in the circle sphere for eight years. And yeah, like Bryant said, I always write a little introduction in case we have friends that don't know me, but Bryant kind of already did that. Um, I've been a cell leader on and off um, for some years now, maybe about six, Um, but really the work that I do in Circle of Hope comes from this deep place of love. Um, I've grown so much as a person of faith in this community and I love this community deeply. And I think that's why Johnny asked me to come up here and share today, um, because it's another opportunity and another way for me to share my love with all of you by sharing my experience and my perspective over the last year. So what I'm hoping to do today is to illustrate through my experience with life and through my experience specifically with joy and laughter, I'm hoping to convey and illustrate to all of you how God's love, that foundational deep love that he has for us, um, how that is inseparable um, from joy and freedom. So we're gonna start by looking at a scripture. And it brings me a lot of joy to hear different voices. So if different people, and there's only a few of us, so if different people could kind of popcorn style read through this scripture, I'd appreciate it. Popcorn style probably isn't as easy when we have Zoom, huh? Uh, I'll I'll (laughs) Yeah, okay. Can anybody start us off? Thanks, Cecilia. I want you to realize that I continue to work as hard as I know how for you and also for the Christians over at Laodicea. Not many of you have met me face to face, but that doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side right alongside you. You're not in this alone. I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries or quote-unquote the secret. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a long way off, true, and you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me, I'm on your side, right beside you. I am delighted to hear of the careful 
and orderly ways you conduct your affairs, and impressed with the solid substance of your faith in Christ. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You, you received Christ Jesus, the master, now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what we've been taught. School's out, quit studying. Quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living spill over into Thanksgiving. Can I have somebody else jump in? Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into the endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope or a microscope or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It is not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in, insiders, not through some secretive initiation, right, but rather through what Christ has already done through, has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. If it's, initi if it's an initiation ritual you're after, you're already being, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it, all sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, the old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. Awesome. Thank you all for helping me read that. What I really like about this scripture is that it feels like this, it's really long actually, and it's saying a lot all, that, all at once. Um, so I'm gonna share with you what I got from it. And what I got from it is that there's an invitation from the writer to just be, right? It's a reminder to just be in Christ. You don't have to do a whole lot to be one in Christ or to be a part of the salvation in this community. And oftentimes, myself as a Christian, I feel myself drawn to doing a whole lot as a Jesus follower because what I've been taught and the examples that I've seen is that you constantly have to work um, to live a life in Christ. But again, what I really appreciate about what the writer is saying here is that he's just encouraging us not to wait for some grandiose sign or to suddenly arrive at this big place of spiritual enlightenment, but just to be present with simpler manifestations of a life in Christ. And like I said, that's what I wanna focus on with us today, specifically by talking about the simple manifestations of God and Jesus in our lives through expressions of joy and laughter. 
Joy and laughter is a really big part of my life, especially after a really difficult last few years. I spoke with all of us last year, um, maybe 10 months into my mother's cancer diagnosis. It was back when we were meeting in the garden. And I talked a lot about being met by God in my garden and in all of those expressions of grief. And what I've noticed in dark moments, and what I've noticed over the years that I'm really collecting these little moments of being met by God in the simplest cultivation of joy, right? In the simplest expressions of joy. And I've taken that on kind of as a spiritual discipline. I was getting so confused trying to look at my next set of notes. I'm like, why would I tell people not to need a telescope? But that was the scripture that we just read. Um, And one of those ways that I believe in strongly about, uh, one of the ways in which I cultivate joy and I believe in it strongly is through laughter. I think if anybody knows me, you know I have this really obnoxious laugh where something's even slightly funny, you'll hear me go, in the background. It's so embarrassing, but I can't help it. Um, And I just like to laugh. I think things are funny in life, and it brings me this rush, this experience. I grew up on old throwback comedy sets. um, And when I say I grew up on it, really, my parents would not. I came from a very Christian, strict Christian background. So my parents absolutely would not let me watch Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. But they quoted from them so much, at least the edited versions, that when I did watch it as an adult, it felt like I had grown up on it. So I grew up on old comedy sets, and I still to this day catch myself quoting Kings of Comedy, um, which starred Eddie, not Eddie Murphy, Bernie Mac, um, D.L. Hughley, I'm not sure if any of you guys are familiar with this, folks, Steve Harvey, and Cedric the Entertainer, some of the biggest comedians um, out at that time. So comedy and laugh and joy have, laughter and joy have always been such a huge part of my existence and my day-to-day life. Um, And I've been really lucky to come from a really funny family and to find friends who like to laugh with me. And when I think of these friends that like to laugh with me, I think specifically of two of my dearest friends um, who I went to high school and college with. We were three of the silliest girls that you could find, honestly. Um, We came from similar middle-class backgrounds, and we would just do anything if we thought that it was going to be fun at the end. So I'm going to give you a few examples of those moments of us doing anything to cultivate joy. So me and one of the friends that I just mentioned were uh, cheerleading teammates both in high school and in college. And in college, all of the athletes in the RAs would come to school early, probably like at the beginning of August. And it would be really boring in the evening because I don't know, it was just like 50 of us on campus. So me and my best friend who were there for cheer camp decided to create some fun and some joy. And she had these stockings that were cheetah print and she was tired of them. They had some runs in them. So we cut the stockings, both the legs of the stockings, and she wore one leg, and I had braids like this at the time. I wore the crotch and put my braids in either (laughs) side of the legs, and we decided that we were going to spray the football players that were in our dorm with water guns. (laughs) 
So we ride down the elevator in these ridiculous stocking masks, kick open the football player's door, and start spraying them with these water guns. But they're football players, so of course they started chasing us, which was a part that we did not consider. I have never ran that fast in my life. And the boys weren't trying to catch us, obviously. I think they stopped like at the exit. You know how floors have exits or whatever? But when I tell you me and my girlfriend ran maybe for half a mile screaming, and finally when we got to uh, the plots area, this very grassy knoll on uh, Delaware State University's campus, we literally just fell into the grass and fell over laughing because it was the funniest thing to us. We're also the same people who conducted a snowball fight in bikinis later on that, uh, later on that semester. We're also the same people that chased around a dog in a sweater because we swore any dog in a sweater must come from a rich family. <laughs> that dog did not come from a rich family. We're from Middletown, Delaware. The farmers just came up and grabbed their dog and we were so disappointed that we weren't going to get a huge reward, but we also thought it was hilarious that we thought that a dog in sweater in a sweater must be rich. And we laughed and laughed for probably an hour after that car ride. Creating joy with others has always been something that I enjoy doing and experiencing. And creating joy with others is important. And it's especially important when you're doing hard work in your community, especially like the hard work that we've been doing to become a more anti-racist and anti-oppressive organization and church over the last year. It's important to pair hard work with joy. Experiencing joy is a right in this human condition. Hannah expressed it really well, one of our other covenant members, um, a few weeks ago in describing how our human condition includes experiencing life's contradictions, right? So on the same side, on the other side of sorrow is joy, on the other side of happiness is pain. Those opposites, those contradictions are just a part of our human experience and our human condition. And so if we feel comfortable or if we so quickly can take in the experiences of sorrow, I wanna encourage us to be reminded that we also have a right to experience joy on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And that just feels so important that I wanna say it again. You have a right to experience and to express and create joy. It is a part of your human condition. We especially need to experience joy as people with marginalized identities, right? The world works really hard to take joy from people who have marginalized identities, and it is your right, and it is your need to create joy. For me, laughter and joy has been this really beautiful act of connection to the divine, to community, and also to myself. Laughter has this ability to really ground me in a particular moment in time, and it grounds me with ease and simplicity. It doesn't feel like, I do a lot of um, different meditative practices. I do EFT tapping, I do all types of meditation to calm me down, but nothing brings me back to focus like when I'm in community with my sorority sisters or friends from college, and we laugh like we did when we were 21. And that grounding in the present frees me and it affords me peace. So like I mentioned in my talk last year, 
I talked about being met by God in my garden. And again, I've noticed the way that God has shifted the way that he meets me and he's meeting me in these expressions of intentionally laughing and creating joy. And I even like to think, I'm convinced that God thinks that I'm funny too. I think it's a gift that he's given me for us to share and to communicate with each other through laughter. After a really difficult year um, in 2021 that really ramped up, it's not funny, that's a nervous laugh. Um, I started picturing how wild the end of 2021 was. Um, But the difficulties towards the end of 2021 really ramped up. And I had to start looking at creating joy as a spiritual discipline. So I'm going to kind of break down the individual ways that I have been intentionally creating joy and just talk to you about the way that I've experienced joy in those things um, and the way I've experienced God. So dancing has been, (laughs) I love Martin. Um, Do you guys know this show? Okay. Um, Dancing has been a huge means of cultivating joy for me. I started dancing when I was five years old. There was this uh, dance studio in South Philly right by the South Broad uh, space. It's It's a, what is it now? like a team mobile or something like that. But that was my dance studio growing up. Um, and I also love dancing as an HBCU college cheerleader, right? So what I've been doing is intentionally connecting with my love to dance. I don't know why I thought that now that I'm in my 30s, I don't like to dance or something or that I'm too intellectual to bust a groove, but I love dancing. It really brings me, it feels like it brings me back to my roots of who I am. So what I've been doing is doing more dance workout videos and that remind me of being an HBCU cheerleader. Um, And I've allowed myself to dress out up and go out with my sorority sisters more and go out dancing, which was something that I gave up for a few years. I think subconsciously I thought Christians don't go out to clubs or something. Um, But one of the most distinct moments of creating dance and joy with God for me happened a few months ago when I was just having a really hard time, some heartache stuff, and I turned on this album um, from Shanae Hartnett. It's a beautiful jazz neo-soul album. And I felt weird praying while listening to this album because in my head I can only pray to gospel or something like that. It has to be Christian music. But there was something about the rhythm of Shanae Hartnett's music that made me just dance and pray in my home. And I felt God saying to me that he gave me these hips to sway. And I felt so intimately cared for by God and my body and creating joy. So dancing is one way that I've been cultivating joy in my life. Sharing foods with others has always been a way that my family creates joy. I come from a really big family. I have 17 cousins. My mom has uh, five sisters, four sisters, one brother. So I just come from a huge family where food is the feature of our family gatherings. And also my mom was a caterer growing up, so she is the go-to cook in the family. So oftentimes after Sunday sermons, we would have wonderful huge Sunday dinners at my house, and I loved it. So I've been trying to tap into that again, right? More childhood kind of joy bringing stuff. So I've been experiencing joy by trying new places to eat in the city with friends and being met by God in the laughter in those moments. And I also really appreciate 
how we've started cultivating the joy of sharing food together by having our after Sunday meeting dinners. And we're gonna share some food together today. And then lastly, <laughs> I forgot, so I just made this slide before I got here. So I forgot all the gifts that I use. That's why I'm laughing like it's new again. Um, and lastly, I've just been finding new ways to laugh. Life is different as you get older and your humor tends to shift. So I'm allowing myself to find new ways of laughing, even if it's really silly. I watch a lot of TikTok videos. If you follow me on Instagram, you see the TikTok videos that I post. And I wanna emphasize that I think it's important for us to have healthy relationships with social media and our phones. But every once in a while, I veg out on a really good TikTok. Once my algorithm gets going, I get sucked in and I laugh for hours. I've also been intentional about the television that I watch. Um, I've watched really hilarious and great shows like Only Murders in the Building and Abbott Elementary, which I so identify with as someone that worked in uh, a Philadelphia public school my first year living in Philly. And I've even written my own comedy set. I did that about six months ago and told myself that I was gonna perform the comedy set for my birthday this year. And my birthday passed two weeks ago. So one day I will perform this comedy set. It's explicit. Uh, <laughs> Y'all do not want me to perform it up here. But I've been intentionally finding ways to laugh even if it is creating my own jokes that I just find funny, right? So these are the ways in which I'm being met by joy and laughter and by God's love um, by purposefully using joy as a discipline. I think I've always expected, like I said earlier, to suddenly just arrive at this enlightened place, maybe like the ladies that I grew up with seeing at church in their big hats, and they always just knew what God had to say. And I don't think that's ever going to be a place that I arrive at where I ever feel that sure. But what I do feel really sure and confident about is that God is present with me and meeting me in the simplicity of my giggles. So let's do some talk back now. I'm interested in hearing from you all how you're creating joy and where you're seeing joy. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.